Mean Line Media presents the Olivia Fox Podcast. Hello and hello, hello. Welcome to the Olivia Fox Podcast. I am Olivia Fox. Thank you all so much for tuning in for another episode of this fantastic voyage that we're on. Have to remind you, make sure you subscribe and like and tell a friend to tell a friend. The Olivia Fox Podcast is here. And I'm telling you right now, and I know I do this every week, but I'm telling you right now, this is the episode you pick the one to check out because tonight, today, right now, we are talking about legacy. We are talking about history. We are talking about Black women who have really just kind of trailblazed their way on through, set a standard in excellence, and are now having their stories, having all of their, uh, I guess, memorabilia, air checks, pictures, memories shared with the world. And get this, it will be around forever. Tonight, we are talking to a woman that I had an opportunity to meet a couple of years ago when she so kindly reached out and shared with me this incredible endeavor that she was about to undertake. She is the creator, the person with the vision, the leading voice of a collection that is going to be presented in Washington, D.C. at the Library of Congress, honoring Black women in radio, the inaugural 30. Joining us today on this podcast, Felicia Love. Hello. Hi, Olivia. (laughs) How are you? I am so excited. I have been looking forward to this moment in time for so long. (laughs) <laughs> and when I tell you first and foremost, congratulations for you oh. to take a vision, an idea, a concept, and actually bring it to fruition. People have ideas. People have things yeah. that they want to do. People will sit down and write out things that maybe they'd like to do. But you actually made it happen. And we are here in the moment where history will be presented to the world. What was the motivation for Felicia Love to get all of these incredible, talented Black women who have worked for decades, who have set the standard, who've owned stations, bring us all together to honor us and have our stories told for generations to come? What was the motivation? Oh my gosh, just listening to you, you know, set this statement up gives me chills still. I cannot even believe that we are accomplishing this. I know that for many years I've talked to colleagues who, you know, have said, my goodness, why isn't there a place for Black women, you know, and and their voices and their stories? And we talk in our silos, but nobody really ever did anything, Right. right? I was a part of an organization a Hall of Fame organization, and my job was to go to um, different cities and, and set up chapters for the organization. And I just remember sitting in a couple of board meetings, and um, you know there was always a long list of men um, who would be honored and recognized, and a short list of women. And I and and I'm just sitting here having that conversation, you know, to myself in the meeting, going, "Where are all of the women?" We're women. So I decided to do a marketing campaign, um, uh, do a hashtag Black Women in Radio in 2017. And lo and behold, 
thousands of women from all over the country, from every um, generational level to every uh, different career level, tapped into Black Women in Radio, the platform on social media, and then here we are. So, yeah. <laughs> and let me tell you, the, the thing that is just tickling me in such a way, because I know the 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 steps i know the the sweat and the tears and the time and the all oh, the effort oh, that you had to go through to do this to pull everybody yeah. together cuz kind of there through the steps how did you think okay how can i figure out what women am i going to reach out to and 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 how are we going to get them to share their legacies and their stories you know what olivia i think it was part of just building relationships on the social media platform because I had done on Clubhouse many um, state of Black women in radio talks. And in that, I had an opportunity to to meet some brilliant women, you are one, um, who tapped into those conversations and just established the fact that there was indeed a need for our stories to be told. And so from those conversations, and I would say at least two years, from those conversations and, and producing some of those shows, I thought, my goodness, I've got something here. I need to put this together in a more organized form so that the public can appreciate, you know, this, this body of, of wealthy talented women, wealthy, not necessarily in money, although there are some there as well, but just wealthy in terms of their minds, their creativity, their their tenacity, their, their spirit, their drive, their power. It's just, it's a lot. So I thought, well, let me reach out to the women that I followed in my career and the women that I have had an opportunity to meet um, and, you know, who who's participated in many of my events and in having those conversations with everyone that I asked, they believed in the dream. Now, granted, this is a dream. Nobody's ever done this before. Now, there are some organizations who have pulled, um, you know, maybe media talent in general together to do oral histories and things, which is very well needed and much appreciated, but no one has ever, this is the first and largest contemporary um, oral history and historical collection in America. Mm. And I wanted to do it for Black women. And 39 women, now the funny part is that I, I thought I was going right. to stop at 30. So it's called the inaugural 30. <laughs> <laughs> But it kept growing, Olivia. It kept growing, and I, I, I made myself a promise. I couldn't, I couldn't go to forty because I'd already done all this right. marketing, right? So it has to be thirty-nine. But the, the, the last two people that were added is Chatty Hattie Leaper, who is the senior of all of us. She did radio in the fifties, so that makes our collection cover, you know, more than seventy-five wow. years of history, American broadcast history, which gives me yes. chills, right? So she was absolutely worth, you know, kissing that 39 mm. mark. 
And that, you know, the stories just, you know, within just maybe one or two of us, but to go that far back and, oh, yeah. and see the transition of the industry and how that impacted black women in terms of, you know, how we presented ourselves and how we were seen and, and, you know, the things that we are, were able to do and the things that we have done and how far we have come as, you know, broadcasters uh, in what yes. was considered at one time a very male dominated field. And so what, what for yourself with hearing all the stories and seeing all the pictures, what is a common theme that you've seen amongst the inaugural 39, should we say, what, what are some stories or some, you know, things that you have seen that have really like kind of caught you off guard? Like, wow, I didn't know. And things that you have found out that you feel like you have become a little bit more enlightened to in terms of black women in broadcasting. Well, you know, the common denominator, I'll start with that first, is the love of radio. And I think that just that, people really don't understand how we give our entire lives to this thing that we just live and breathe and and we create within. And that is the common denominator to, it's not a job. It is, it's, it's a being and it's an, it's a wonderful way to connect with community. And we, as you know, black people feel our worth um, because we're, we're, we're connected to community who really, really appreciates what we do. And so that in itself is it just the love. I don't, I don't think I've met anybody who said, right, you, know, right. I. you have to love it. You have to. <laughs> just heart and soul. So, but, but what I found surprising was that, you know, my story isn't, isn't alone. Um, in bringing these women together, I learned that there, we all had different challenges and different, um, um, yeah, different, you know, not only professional, but personal challenges and sacrifices that we needed to make in order to you know, survive and thrive in radio. And it brought me personally great comfort to know that, you know, the 30 years that I had been in and out of radio was not a a venture. It wasn't a uh, journey that I traveled alone. Um, I had all of these sisters all over the country who either felt witnessed or experienced some of the same, you know, things that, that all of us have experienced, you know, with regard to, um, you know, image, Black women and their image in radio, you know, uh, their image without video versus now with video <laughs> is a whole different, you know, story too. Um the the hunger to to have more and be more within uh, radio, but finding that there's a ceiling, a very low ceiling um, for many women to get through. Now, some of us have been able to squeeze through there and make the top, you know, 3% of uh, those women who've been extraordinarily successful that you see in magazines and hear about every single day with regard to radio. 
But I really wanted there to be a variety in this collection that spoke to not only the the hunger and love for radio, but the contributions made on the local level, on regional level, on national level, and not just national. National we love, but there's so much that's being done um, you know, within America that, that people are not privy to. And I think, you know, so. for me, uh, being a part of this and, and, and sharing my journey with other women and hearing their stories and understanding, being able to relate to some of the, you know, ideas and concepts and, and challenges as well that they have gone through to be able to see that, you know, we still are here. Many of us are in different uh, places in terms of where we are in our careers. Some of us have left the industry. Some of us have gone on to television. Some are syndicated. You know, you have people that own stations like uh, Kathy Hughes. I mean, just a trailblazer. Um, and as you said, there are people that are in this list that, you know, you really just like, wow, you know, look up to like, oh my God. And so I think that people are going to be pleasantly surprised to hear, you know, all these stories. You know, the thing that strikes me, um, Felicia, is the idea that this hasn't been done. Like, here we are in 2023, (laughs) and, you know, this is the first of its kind, which is amazing, but it just kind of goes to show you, you know, the decades and years that Black women have been, you know, contributors to this industry. And it really just took you to come up with the concept and the idea to think, you know what, we need to have our stories told. To me, that that is one thing that really blows my mind when I sit back and think about it. Like, you know, this is amazing that finally, finally, our stories are being told. Because I think people, you know, when you think about broadcasting, you do think of the, you know, the big male you know, broadcasters that are known that have been around for decades, but what they don't know a lot of people in the public is that we've always been here. We've always been here. Always there. Yes, absolutely. Always there, always there contributing. Um, Because bottom line is we had to be valuable. Otherwise we would not have been in these positions Um, because radio is not an industry that necessarily nurtures you. You either come with the game or you don't. Now, once in a while, you'll get some really great mentors. And I've heard some stories like that where, you know, people were positioned in places with great male mentors that, that showed them the game and everything. But a lot of us came in blind and just (laughs) blind. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> had to figure it out. Just it thrown in the water. Journey for a lot of us. Swim. In the water. <laughs> and there was no Disney song. Exactly. In the exactly. Yeah. And because it is a performance-based industry that a lot of us are in, mm-hmm. you know, people don't understand that if you're just thrown in the water and you have to, it's either sink or swim, you've got to perform and you've got to yeah. be on and you've got to, yeah. you know, regardless of what's going on or what situation you're in, you got to do what you got to do. You've got to perform because people, you know, are listening. People are watching, you know? That's right. And that performance, as you know, Olivia, because you have captivated audiences in in several cities, you can't just perform. Right. You have to connect. Right. A whole, That's a different, whole different story. story. <laughs> I can I can write a story. Right. 
But to have that story actually connect to the audience, uh, that's a whole different creative animal. And and another thing that I think people are forgetting is that urban radio, black radio was always very tied and close to its community. To me, I describe it as, you know, sitting around a table you know, having dinner with family and for for many, many years before radio kind of transitioned from, you know, uh, local to more, you know, of a corporate type situation. It really was like you had to connect with your your listeners like they were family. And they loved us like family. You how many times did your your hotline ring in the studio and it's you know, one of one of the the fans or 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 listeners that just calls you during every your day. shift every single day, right? And and one day they say, well, you know what? I'm going to have a barbecue. You should stop by, and you go by there. That is the best food, the best time. You know, it's it's it it is a family. Always has been, and I think that is what <laughs> drives us to sometimes a dysfunctional relationship between. Between the radio broadcaster and, and perhaps their career can be very dysfunctional because we believe in it so much that we will, you know, take all kinds of challenges to stay in there. Um, but that is for one of the reasons our listeners, we are just connected right. at the hip to our listeners and, and they trust us. And so what can people expect when they come to this collection? Cause we have a huge event coming up in Washington, DC at the actual library of Congress. What yes. can people look forward to seeing in this incredible historical collection? <laughs> well, <laughs> the, this collection is at uh, the different levels. It is a digital collection of oral histories. Um, each person has has been or will be interviewed for four hours, and um, they will have a four-hour interview in their sub-collection under Black Women in Radio. And they also have, you know, story, their, their life story and legacy and pictures in um, magazine covers, uh, you know, publications, newspaper articles, that kind of thing. Their voices, their voices are being preserved. And that's the part that gives me chills. So, you know, 30 years from now, you'll be able to hear, who is this Miss Olivia Fox? You know, let me me see what kind of of (laughs) sassy, spicy lady is this? What would she say, you know, and they would have an idea. And I think that's such a beautiful thing to to see. So um, that's one part. And then the, the other part is the fact that we get to present it along with our partnership with the Radio Preservation Task Force and mm. the Library of Congress. Huge. So that's huge. And these women, uh, let's see, about 24 out of 39 will be in D.C. on the 20, um, 28th for the presentation that's at three o'clock at the Library of Congress. Yeah, it's going to be a beautiful moment. And then, of course, you know me, <laughs> I always got something up my sleeve. There is another stage um, that will travel um, across the country. So I am working on that. I've uh, acquired a 501c3 so that we can raise money, so that we can get the exhibit mm. casings and everything that we need 
to see this Black Women in Radio National Historic Collection and Oral History Project travel Ugh, to the United States. That's like, I know and my hair stands. I mean, on <laughs> honestly, I mean, for yourself, do you have to pinch yourself? Do you think? I just, I mean, I what do. do you think? Like when you're laying in bed, all the lights are out and you're sitting there. Cause you know, that's when you have your really, really deep thoughts. When you have your little come to Jesus meeting with yourself. What does Felicia think when she's laying in bed? Like, oh my God, girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, some days I am, believe it or not, up at two, three o'clock in the morning doing, I do all of the marketing the flyers and things you see on social media. Um, so I'm, I'm doing that kind of thing and, and just trying to create a, a story for each woman. As a matter of fact, I have one, a picture, a gorgeous picture of you as a child. And I created a campaign that says dream come dreams come true. And I, you know, to me, it just tells the story, you know, there's a, a picture of you now, and then a picture of you when you were a little one and it, dreams come true. They absolutely do. Um, so that's one thing that I'm doing. Everything I do, I do it from love. And then the other thing is if I get a, a call from, um, Washington, you know, uh, the white house or something like that, asking me for bios, which actually happens. Um, my hair is on fire and I'm pinching myself like, oh, this is really happening. Oh my God. Wow. <laughs> Just like, wow. <sighs> This is just amazing. Now, uh, the weekend next week, which I can't even believe is next weekend, um, the weekend of April 28th, there's also going to be some some uh, conferences, some people will be able to come and and listen to about one of one. One thing I'm really looking forward to is the state of black radio. Can you tell us a little about a little bit about the other events that are going to be going surrounding this collection presentation? Yes, I am so excited that the Library of Congress afforded Black Women in Radio the opportunity to have three sessions um, in their annual conference. And so we chose to do a state of Black radio because we had, you know, always done the state of uh, Black women in radio. So we thought that to be appropriate. And um, the session just brings together Mm. scholars and national broadcast experts and um, executive talent, um, executive programmers um, from national syndication as well as local all together at once to discuss two things. What's happening with Black Radio now and mm. where is it going in the future? So it's the, the session is called The State of Black Radio Debunking the Death of Radio Through Innovation. Now, most people that read that says, right. oh, excuse me, <laughs> what are you talking about? I thought it would be really cool to talk about AI and, um, uh, you know, a, a lot of the techn- technological advances that there, there is to radio and right. how it's trans- transformed, right? But then in doing so, of course, the conversation is going to come up with regard to are we sustaining um, Black radio culture? And sadly, I don't think that people will really get a chance to experience what we experienced over these last, you know, 
40, 50 years because radio has evolved so much. Um, the only thing that they can do is tap into these oral histories to get a sense of that. But radio is not going anywhere. You know, it's just going to transform like it always does. So that's the first session. That's at 11 a.m. in the uh, Mumford Room. And uh, then we'll have the launch of the Legends Historic Collection. I, I, yeah, I love what I do. I have to because I don't know why in why I decided to do another collection. <laughs> Olivia, I need, I need, there's a, <laughs> It was a disease or something that maybe a medication I could take. <laughs> honest to God, this is a lot of work. <laughs> it is so much work. Why we having a second um, collection is beyond me, other than the fact that I love it. Um, but this collection is the evolution of um, the evolution and legacy mm. of Black radio culture. So this one involves some of the Black women in radio, of course, because many of them are legendary. They all are legendary within their right, but many of them are nationally known. And so they will be filtered into this um, Legends collection uh, just with a click, right? But then there are so many men and non-Black contributors to the fabric of Black radio culture. And these are the people that we want to highlight and, um, you know, talk about. As a matter of fact, I just talked to um, Miss Granville, who is the daughter mm. of Davis Broadcasting, right? And they are going to be a part wow. of this legendary collection. So that's going to really be incredible. Out of that. Yeah. And then it is. It is. We've got Ken Johnson. We have Skip Dillard. We have Olivia Fox. We have Deanna Williams. We have Kathy Hughes. We have uh, Carol Carper. There are just so many um, people within this Legends collection that, again, we take the industry for granted, but we don't really understand the inner workings until you have a collection like this. And then, of course, our big event, the inaugural 30 will happen. That's our last session of the day on Friday, April 28th. And oh my gosh, you asked me, do I pinch myself? I really <laughs> think I'm going to have an out-of-body experience. I think I'll be sitting there like, holy crap, this is really happening. Because you know, as a creator, we are often pulling right. ideas out of the ethers, right? But it, it's not often that we get a chance to see it live and in living, you know, color there. So uh, you're going to be like, you'll see your, you'll be above everything. You'll see yourself and see everything going around and just be like, ah, (laughs) yeah. And I'm going to be sitting there with my phone recording (laughs) you like, yes, I got you, Felicia. I got some video for you. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I told everybody that, that, that has been worried about me working on this, collection for the last three years because my my family has really been concerned about me so they were one of the first ones that I invited to the collection because they have been wondering what in the world is this girl working on that she will forget (laughs) food she will she she is just so zoned into this computer it has sucked up her entire being that and and she's not getting paid for it that part Mm. Uh, what is she working on they'll be able to see it so they'll be this You'll be like, ta-da. They'll be able to see it. <laughs> uh, you know? <laughs> Ta-damn-da. Yes. 
Literally. <laughs> wow. I'm, girl, I'm so excited. So if folks are listening right now to this episode and they're like, wow, that's Felicia Love. She's amazing. Where can they find out more information about this event and just the collection in general? And we can't forget about your organization, Black Women in Radio. Where can they find all this information? Well, we could start at www.blackwomeninradio.com. Um, everything is there. You know, the collection is there. We do have a membership um, of of radio professionals who enjoy, you know, some of the events that we do. Some of them are live and some of them are virtual and workshops and such. So if people are interested in becoming a part of that, we've got different levels. We have the ambassador level for people who are non-radio folks. And then, um, of course, podcasters and streamers can join at that level. And then at the executive level and professional level, they these are terrestrial uh, radio veterans that are a part of that. Uh, and also mm. I have a student um, membership. So I just recently started a um, wow. internship program. It's a virtual internship program and it is going really well. I have students from Howard, Temple University, Georgia State University, Kennesaw State University um, so far. And it's going incredibly well. So they, you know, students can join Black Women in Radio for free because I think it's really important that they have um, right. a pipeline to the network. And, of course, you can find the collection. I have to give a big shout out to the Atlanta yes. University Center Robert W. Woodruff Library because they are the reason why we even have a collection, they are the managers of this collection. Mm. They, they take all of this information. I just recently, believe it or not, took a shoebox full of cassette tapes to the library so they could digitize it so that y'all can hear what it sounds. Wow. I've got some reel to reels that some people have, have sent me. So um, that is a library that Spelman Morehouse and, um, Clark Atlanta University, um, you know, go to. So thanks so much to them. So of course you can check out their website. Black Women in Radio Collection is there and the Legends Collection will be there as well. They too have agreed to do a, a second collection. So I think there's, <laughs> there's a couple of us that need help. <laughs> and uh, you can also find a lot of information on uh, the Library of Congress website, wow. Radio Preservation Task Force. We're so all over the place. A lot of ways. Now, to find I'm, us. I'm going to tell you this because, you know, some people yeah, that know me think I'm psychic, okay? So when it happens, you could be like, oh my God, Olivia is psychic, okay? But, you know, I'm hearing this, I'm seeing that part of it. I see this collection being brought to the African American Museum. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> it's out I there, do too. Girl. It's in the ethers, girl. Let's, let's speak it, speak it, it and let's manifest that because. It needs to happen. It absolutely needs to happen. Absolutely. Need to be there collectively. Yes, I completely Felicia, agree. I'm telling you, completely I'm so agree. excited. I'm so thankful for you and your commitment to, you know, Black women in radio to actually take the time, effort, energy, sacrifice to put all of this together and, and present this to the world, but not only for 2023, but forever. 
Because for me, at this point in my life, it's about legacy and leaving something once you leave that can say, hey, we were here. We were here. So to me, this is just it's just uh, out of this world because it's going to be here for generations. And and, you know, when you're talking about the internship program, I think that is so important because we have to be able to reach back and bring up this younger generation because these Gen Zers, they are not for play play. Okay. <laughs> they are not for play play. So to <laughs> have them not. in the cuff to kind of carry on the legacy of black radio uh, is just amazing. So I, I feel like with them there and those, you know, being brought into the cuff, they're going to make sure that, you know, we continue to strive with this black excellence that we've got going on. So thank you so much for your commitment, your hard work. And I am so looking forward to seeing your face, <laughs> seeing your face after all these conversations, oh, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to finally get to meet this woman. <laughs> and I'm just excited to see you and all yeah. the others that are going to be a part of this incredible, incredible collection. Do you have any closing words for not only those that are a part of the collection, but really just the industry in general that you'd like to share? Well, you know, just very quickly, another reason why this collection is critical is because many of us for years threw away um, history. Um, sometimes radio stations would, you know, change formats or another radio station uh, would buy a station. The fact that the, the radio personalities and programmers were there is just vanished or thrown in the trash. So it, that's why this is so critical that we we collect this. And to my radio community, gosh, I, I know no other love. Radio is is real. And um, I think we all have that in common. Um, just the, the love for humanity and serving humanity. And that's what we do. And we do it. Right. We do it without thinking, you know, we do it without thinking. And the inaugural 30 a part of that coming to the Library of Congress here forever. Felicia Love, thank you so much. Because I know, you know, being a weekend, you've got a lot of things going on. So I appreciate you for accommodating me and and uh, just having this moment to to kiki together about this incredible, because you know I love to kiki. So <laughs> to talk, be able to have this opportunity to sit down and really talk to you about this collection and everything that you've done, it's just been a real pleasure. So thank you so much for accommodating the Olivia Fox podcast. I really appreciate it. Oh, you are welcome. Thanks for inviting me and people will be just floored at looking at your collection as well because it is rich with pictures and and sound and and you know the story and legacy of Olivia Fox from beginning to even now with a brand new great podcast I am I just see so much for you and I, I'm so excited to be a part of thank this you. podcast we'll see so you, thank you DC in a week girl can't Yay! wait. Thank you so much <laughs> and continue success. And you know, you've got all my information. If you need anything, holler at your girl. I got you. You know, that means the you world too. is the same. Thank for you me. so Have much for listening day. to the Olivia Fox podcast. As I said, we appreciate you guys. We love the feedback. Please subscribe. Tell everybody that you know and they can folk too. We are here. Make sure you check us out. That's going to do it for another episode. We will talk to you again soon. 
The Olivia Fox Podcast is produced and hosted by Olivia Fox. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Get the Olivia Fox Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, comment, and rate. Follow Olivia Fox on IG at Olivia Fox Radio. Follow the Mean Old Line Media Podcast Network at Mean Old Line Media. Get the Mean Old Line Media app in the App Store or on Google Play. The Olivia Fox Podcast is a Mean Old Line Media production.